Vatican Radio presents Fratelli Tutti, the encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Michelli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. Chapter 5, Part 3 The Exercise of Political Love There is a kind of love that is elicited. Its acts proceed directly from the virtue of charity and are directed to individuals and peoples. There is also a commanded love expressed in those acts of charity that spur people to create more sound institutions, more just regulations, more supportive structures. It follows that it is an equally indispensable act of love to strive to organize and structure society so that one's neighbors will not find himself in poverty. It is an act of charity to assist someone suffering, but it is also an act of charity, even if we do not know that person, to work to change the social conditions that caused his or her suffering. If someone helps an elderly person cross a river, that is a fine act of charity. The politician, on the other hand, builds a bridge, and that too is an act of charity. While one person can help another by providing something to eat, the politician creates a job for that other person, and thus practices a lofty form of charity that ennobles his or her political activity. Sacrifices Born of Love This charity, which is the spiritual heart of politics, is always a preferential love shown to those in greatest need. It undergirds everything we do 
on their behalf. Only a gaze transformed by charity can enable the dignity of others to be recognized and as a consequence, the poor to be acknowledged and valued in their dignity, respected in their identity and culture, and thus truly integrated into society. That gaze is at the heart of the authentic spirit of politics. It sees paths open up that are different from those of a soulless pragmatism. It makes us realize that the scandal of poverty cannot be addressed by promoting strategies of containment that only tranquilize the poor and render them tame and inoffensive. How sad it is when we find, behind allegedly altruistic works, the other being reduced to passivity. What are needed are new pathways of self-expression and participation in society. Education serves these by making it possible for each human being to shape his or her own future. Here, too, we see the importance of the principle of subsidiarity, which is inseparable from the principle of solidarity. These considerations help us to recognize the urgent need to combat all that threatens or violates fundamental human rights. Politicians are called to tend to the needs of individuals and peoples, to tend to those in need takes strength and tenderness, effort and generosity in the midst of a functionalistic and privatised mindset that inexorably leads to a throwaway culture. It involves taking responsibility for the present with its situations of utter marginalisation and anguish and being capable of bestowing dignity upon it. It will likewise inspire intense efforts to ensure that everything be done to protect the status and dignity of the human person. Politicians are doers, builders with ambitious goals, possessed of a broad, realistic and pragmatic gaze that looks beyond their own borders. Their biggest concern should not be about a drop in the polls, but about finding effective solutions to the phenomenon of social and economic exclusion with its baneful consequences human trafficking, the marketing of human organs and tissues, the sexual exploitation of boys and girls, slave labour, including prostitution, the drug and weapons trade, terrorism and international organised crime. Such is the magnitude of these situations and their toll in innocent lives that we must avoid every temptation to fall into a declarationalist nominalism that would assage our consciences. We need to ensure that our institutions are truly effective in the struggle against all these scourges. This includes taking intelligent advantage of the immense resources offered by technological development. We are still far from a globalization of the most basic of human rights. That is why world politics needs to make the effective elimination of hunger one of its foremost and imperative goals. Indeed, when financial speculation manipulates the price of food, treating it as just another commodity, millions of people suffer and die from hunger. At the same time, tons of food are thrown away. This constitutes a genuine scandal. Hunger is criminal. Food is an inalienable right. 
Often, as we carry on our semantic or ideological disputes, we allow our brothers and sisters to die of hunger and thirst without shelter or access to health care. Alongside these basic needs that remain unmet, trafficking in persons represents another source of shame for humanity, one that international politics, moving beyond fine speeches and good intentions, must no longer tolerate. These things are essential. They can no longer be deferred. A love that integrates and unites. Political charity is also expressed in a spirit of openness to everyone. Government leaders should be the first to make the sacrifices that foster encounter and seek convergence on at least some issues. They should be ready to listen to other points of view and to make room for everyone. Through sacrifice and patience, they can help create a beautiful polyhedral reality in which everyone has a place. Here, economic negotiations do not work. Something else is required an exchange of gifts for the common good. It may seem naive and utopian, yet we cannot renounce this lofty aim. At a time when various forms of fundamentalist intolerance are damaging relationships between individuals, groups, and peoples, let us be committed. To living and teaching the value of respect for others, a love capable of welcoming differences, and the priority of the dignity of every human being over his or her ideas, opinions, practices, and even sins. Even as forms of fanaticism, close mindedness, and social and cultural fragmentation proliferate in present day society, a good politician will take the first step and insist that different voices be heard. Disagreements may well give rise to conflicts, but uniformity proves stifling and leads to cultural decay. May we not be content with being enclosed in one fragment of reality. In this regard, Grand Imam Ahmed Al Tayyab and I have called upon the architects of international policy and world economy to work strenuously to spread the culture of tolerance and of living together in peace, to intervene at the earliest opportunity to stop the shedding of the innocent blood. When a specific policy sows hatred and fear towards other nations in the name of its own country's welfare, there is need to be concerned to react in time and immediately to correct the course.
fruitfulness over results. Apart from their tireless activity, politicians are also men and women. They are called to practice love in their daily interpersonal relationships. As persons, they need to consider that the modern world, with its technical advances, tends increasingly to functionalize the satisfaction of human desires, now classified and subdivided. Among different services, less and less will people be called by name. Less and less will this unique being be treated as a person with his or her own feelings, sufferings, problems, joys, and family. Their illnesses will be known only in order to cure them. Their financial needs only to provide for them. Their lack of a home only to give them lodging. Their desires for recreation and entertainment. Only to satisfy them, yet it must never be forgotten that loving the most insignificant of human beings as a brother, as if there were no one else in the world but him, cannot be considered a waste of time. Politics too must make room for a tender love of others. What is tenderness? It is love that draws near and becomes real. A movement that starts from our heart and reaches the eyes, the ears, and the hands. Tenderness is the path of choice for the strongest, most courageous men and women. Amid the daily concerns of political life, the smallest, the weakest, the poorest should touch our hearts. Indeed, they have a right to appeal to our heart and soul. They are our brothers and sisters, and as such, we must love. And care for them. All this can help us realize that what is important is not constantly achieving great results, since these are not always possible. In political activity, we should remember that appearances notwithstanding, every person is immensely holy, and deserves our love. Consequently, if I can help at least one person to have a better life. That already justifies the offering of my life. It is a wonderful thing to be God's faithful people. We achieve fulfillment when we break down walls, and our hearts are filled with faces and names. The great goals of our dreams and plans may only be achieved in part. Yet beyond this, those who love. And who no longer view politics merely as a quest for power, may be sure that none of our acts of love will be lost, nor any of our acts of sincere concern for others. No single act of love for God will be lost. No generous effort is meaningless. No painful endurance is wasted. All of these encircle our world like a vital force. For this reason, it is truly noble to place our hope in the hidden power of the seeds of goodness we sow, and thus to initiate processes whose fruits will be reaped by others. Good politics combines love with hope, 
and with confidence in the reserves of goodness present in human hearts. Indeed, authentic political life, built upon respect for law and frank dialogue between individuals, is constantly renewed whenever there is a realization that every woman and man and every new generation brings the promise of new relational, intellectual, cultural and spiritual energies. Viewed in this way, politics is something more noble than posturing, marketing and media spin. These sow nothing but division, conflict and oblique cynicism incapable of mobilizing people to pursue a common goal. At times, in thinking of the future, we do well to ask ourselves, Why am I doing this? What is my real aim? For as time goes on, reflecting on the past, the questions will not be, How many people endorsed me? How many voted for me? How many had a positive image of me? The real and potential painful questions will be, How much love did I put into my work? What did I do for the progress of our people? What mark did I leave on the life of society? What real bonds did I create? What positive forces did I unleash? How much social peace did I sow? What good did I achieve in the position that was entrusted to me? You have been listening to a Vatican Radio production of Fratelli Tutti. The encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Micheli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. In collaboration with the Vatican Publishing House, Libreria Editrice Vaticana. Featuring the voices of James Finnegan, Father Michael Kong, Thaddeus Jones, and Sister Bernadette Rees.